0: Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Warning, this podcast contains paranormal conspiracy and true crime cases. The nature of these cases may be gory,
1: unsettling, or vulgar. Please be advised.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes
1: Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. And this is episode... fifty-seven, AKA our Halloween episode. We love holidays. You guys know we do. You guys know we
0: drink to the holidays. We love a good holiday. And therefore, we have these. If you're looking on YouTube, you know just how effing gigantic these drinks are they are specifically my steins from oktoberfest which i went to in helen georgia this weekend mm-hmm. so much fun i've never drank so much beer in my entire life i can't even look at a beer right now but <laughs> it was so much fun we went me and logan went matt and kelly and we toe it up we met so many awesome people and we had a great time it was a great time what did you do this weekend
1: i was in denver colorado we went wedding dress shopping for marley's dress it is beautiful yes and honestly what a girl because she tried on five dresses
0: amazing not like me at all
1: not like (laughs) taylor at all not like me (laughs) at all um and she immediately knew it was the right one we all did um, It's beautiful. Can't wait for everyone to see it. And then we went and saw her wedding venue and Evergreen, I think it's called. Evergreen, Colorado. Then we went to Blackhawk to go to the casinos. It's like a little mini Vegas in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Oh, that's awesome. And I lost like
0: $200. You could her- have got your hybrid child red for that. Are yeah. you
1: kidding me? Yeah, I know. I could have literally subscribed and joined the hybrid kid community wow unbelievable
0: <laughs> absolutely i could illegal. have literally
1: paid my utilities with that I said i blew it all it's fine it's um, fine <laughs> anyway yeah and then we mm, i'm not sure what else we did a couple other things oh my god my mom made me hike this whore god awful hike <laughs> in colorado springs it's called the Manitou incline i kid you not it's like the exact like Description of it is hiking the Eiffel Tower twice, hiking the Empire State Building, hiking the Washington Monument three times, hiking some other one four times. Like it's very intense. It has an elevation a gain of like 2,000 feet. And I kid you not, like I'm standing, it was so steep that I was standing on one stair and six stairs above me, I could reach my hand out one foot and touch it. It was like that, climbing like that at the top of it. It was horrible. I don't recommend. I
0: uh, would rather die.
1: Well, it was my legs were like shaking. One because they were tired at this point, and two because it was so steep. And I don't like heights like that. Like I couldn't get myself to look up or to look back. I was looking down the entire time.
0: No, that is horrific.
1: Yeah, it was. That's traumatizing. Actually, thanks, Bethany. I think it was too. So then we got beers after. But
0: yeah a yeah. good okay a hike you didn't go on a hike unless you ended it with a beer in my opinion right every hike i ever go on oh my I'm like, God. i need a beer this is hilarious
1: so we had to be there at 9 30 was our reservation it's an yeah. hour and a half away we go and we stop at a gas station at like eight in the morning and i go to the bathroom and i come out and my mom's checking out and i'm like what is that i see two pounders that she's <laughs> she's buying I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, why? You don't want to shotgun a beer before we go on the hike?
0: Oh, my God. I'm like,
1: no. Absolutely. I don't. Actually, It wasn't a beer. It was a White Claw. They're called White Claw, like, Rage or something. I don't know. It was that like Surge. White Claw Surge. They were Cranberry and black, Blood
0: Orange. Okay, that sounds amazing. Um, are you trying to knock off Provence? I'm calling the police. <laughs> I am calling the police. It wasn't any good, but I don't uh, like White Claws, so. Well, first... what I'm drinking you, you have a White Claw. So, in our drink, I don't think I went through it. Okay. We, went, we just did an Instagram Live. So, if you are on there, thanks so much for hopping on and telling us what type of merch you want from us. But if you weren't on there, we'll go ahead and fill you in, even though, like, rude... We have to hear of lemonade if you're watching on YouTube, and then we have to hear of a blackberry white claw, and then we have to hear of vodka. And I've drank down to here, so this is going to be a St. Patty's Day part two, maybe.
1: Yeah, we are bringing out Banshee and Iron Mike. (laughs) Because we dicked around so much at the beginning of this episode before we even started that we are both halfway through the drinks.
0: Whatever. They're so good. I just keep pounding them. It's way better than beer. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah. You Mm. had enough beer, huh? You're beard out.
0: I'm beard out and I'm never beard out.
1: Speaking of our live, you guys, if we have any like graphic designers out there that just maybe want a free sweatshirt or something... We we want to know what you guys want in merch. What kind, Do you want our logo or would you rather have phrases? What kind of apparel do you want? Quir- Crew necks, hoodies, t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatpants, hats, beanies, whatever. Right. And we need to know so we can get them
0: before Christmas.
1: Like we only want to order these things if we know that people are going right.
0: to like them. Yeah. Not like the first time when we impulsively bought <laughs> like 50,000 sweatshirts with a shitty logo on them and moved on. Yeah.
1: And we're also looking for <laughs> ideas to condense our logo into like,
0: either like a CNC way- or like a, not like a, like almost like a, like a, a s- watermark. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a, a watermark. Yeah, that's I, a good I, I guess that's the best way to put it. I don't know um but if you have any ideas any suggestions drop them to us plus
1: email or inbox yep dm
0: and um you know let's just go through the regs if you don't already hit that subscribe button if you haven't already give us a five star i lost my voice this weekend and i'm still having to like work hard to get it back and then I had a bunch of fillings and sealants down in my mouth, so I'm not feeling great. <laughs> Traumatized. Yeah, not okay. So, um, if you don't already give us a five star review, go in there and write us a very sweet review because yes, I we love. We got a new one today, and it said, um, love, "Love this it. podcast. Interesting topics, and the, girls, the girls are yeah, funny. something like that. Really sweet. From and it was Buck. from
1: Buck. Like two two three three two two
0: twenty three twenty three
1: twenty three. So Taylor sent it to me, and I was like, "Is that my dad?" <laughs> but there is just no way. So whoever you are, thank you because yeah, I know you. it's not my dad. I know it's not. <laughs> he does not know how to do that.
0: But uh, we appreciate it, and we love reading those. So thank you so much for that. Um, and follow us on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes Podcast on Twitter at Creeps underscore Crimes on TikTok at Creeps and Crimes, and like our Facebook page Creeps and Crimes and YouTube
1: send a creepy account right now. Right now. Stop what you're doing. If you guys listen to this podcast and there's a good chance that you have experienced something paranormal or true crime, Know someone that has. Or know somebody that has. So stop what you're doing right now. Take five minutes out of your day. Type it out and text it to us or email it to us.
0: You heard it here first. Thank mm-hmm.
1: you. Bye bye. Thank you.
0: And uh, are you ready to hit them with it? Yeah. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's. Get creepy. Okay, Morgan, what do you have for us today? Okay, in our spooky, spooky, spooky episode,
1: spooky, scary skeleton. I have another haunting for you guys because like, hello, it is Halloween. So that calls for hauntings and hauntings only. Hint, maybe. This is a story of one of the most haunted objects in history that inspired the movie The Possession. Today, I am talking about the Dybbuk box. I really hope I'm saying that right. I think you are. I looked it up and I put my own pronunciation in there, but you know, I still second guess myself. <laughs> my sources for today are wikipedia.org, inputmagazine.com, screenrant.com, The Late Night Show with Seth Myers. Okay. Um, and that's why we drink podcasts and YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. The story starts with a now deceased Holocaust survivor named Hevela. Ha- Every sorry, time we Marley. say sorry, Marley, drink. Yeah. <laughs> Havela escaped from Poland and fled to Spain, leaving behind her parents, brothers, sisters, husband, and three kids who were all killed during the war. Oh, dear God. She alone with other survivors remained in Spain until the war was over. Afterwards, Havela... Havela. It has to be Havela, right?
0: Havela. We're just going to call
1: her that. Havela? That's not her name, Morgan. It might be. It can't be. Okay. Havela. Havela immigrated to the United States and brought only three items with her, one of which was a wine cabinet. She started a new life here in the U.S. and had children and eventually grandchildren. Havela lived to be 103 years old. Oh, my God. Great
0: karma coming her way.
1: Yeah. Fast forward to 2001, a man named Kevin Maris, who owned a furniture restoration company, was driving through Portland, Oregon, looking for old, and cheap furniture pieces to get his hands on. He came across a yard sale put on by Miss Havala's um, granddaughter. What's her name start with? An H. Okay, Miss H. Mrs. H's granddaughter and his eyes were drawn to one special antique piece of furniture, a wine cabinet, and Kevin had to have it. As he paid for the wine cabinet, Mrs. H's granddaughter said to him, Oh, I see you bought the Dybbuk box. And Kevin's like, um, the Dybbuk box? The
0: wine cooler.
1: Right, like, yeah. I thought this was a wine cabinet. Oh, not cooler. Yeah. <laughs> the wine
0: cooler. But yeah,
1: sure, the Dybbuk box, like, how much you want for it? And the granddaughter told him that, like, oh, well, my grandmother, she always kept it shut and out of reach from the kids because... Well, there is a Dybbuk inside of it.
0: Great. Love that.
1: She then sold the piece of furniture to Kevin and told him that he should probably never open it. And if he did, bad things would happen. But Kevin's like, I don't know what a Dybbuk is. I don't care what a Dybbuk is. Just give me the piece of furniture so I can restore it. Yeah, this is antique. I want it. So what is a Dybbuk? In Jewish folklore, a Dybbuk is a malevolent, wandering, evil spirit that enters and possesses the body of a living person until its job is completed or until it's exercised. If that definition sounds like it came straight out of Webster's Dictionary, well, it it did. did, That's where it came from, so (laughs) surprise. A Dybbuk is said to be a lost soul of a dead person. The legend started as Dybbuk's only being male spirits who possess women on the night of their weddings. And this is intense, but it was said that they enter the woman in a sexual fashion through their vaginas. If a if a spirit ever entered, I'm so tired of your stories. If a spirit ever entered my vagina, like what would you do? What like, is? I would be like what? Like what is that sensation? Like I need to get my vagina exercise. I need to get an exorcism on my vagina.
0: <laughs> and then you go to the priest and you're like, I need to get my vagina exercised. And they're like, Why are you a fornicator? And you're like, And
1: you're going to be like, No, I have a demon in me. And while you're at it, go ahead and reclaim my virginity. Yeah, actually, <laughs> um,
0: this is like a really awkward situation. But I mean, yeah. First off, rude and not nice. But right. Like, why only
1: women? I don't know. So that didn't last. That legend right there didn't last long. Okay. It is no longer long. Oh, my God. It's a drinks. It is no longer the legend for the Dybbuk. It's more of a can be any gender of spirit. Come on.
0: Inclusivity. Okay, here. Be, be inclusive.
1: And enter any living being at any time. And then so,
0: everybody. And then all of a sudden we're like, you know what? Actually, how about we just resort to men only? Right. <laughs> you know what?
1: Let's enter the men through
0: the pee hole.
1: The pee hole.
0: The pee hole. Like,
1: let's do that instead. (laughs) it. okay? Anyway, back to the story. Kevin took the box to his restoration store, and he did not listen to the warning to keep it closed. He thought there was just no way what this lady said was true, and that her grandmother probably was just scaring the grandkids to keep them out of the alcohol to wine cabinet.
0: Yeah, I would too.
1: His plan was to restore it and give it to his mother for her birthday.
0: Not a good which look. in
1: time he would find out that the wine cabinet would make the worst birthday present in history. After opening it, Kevin decided not to refurbish it and instead clean it out and rub some lemon oil on it because well it kind of stunk a little bit. <laughs> okay.
0: Lemon oil, got it.
1: Once opened, he found two US wheat pennies from the year 1925 and 1928. Oh my god. Two locks of hair. A dried rosebud, a four legged candlestick, a golden wine cup, and a granite sculpture with the word Shalom engraved in it. On the back of the cabinet was carved the Shema, one of the most important prayers in Judaism. After restoration, Kevin gifted the wine cabinet, aka the Dybbuk box, to his mother. Ida, Kevin's mother, experienced what she would call pure evil the second she opened the box. During an interview on the TV series Paranormal Witness, Ida said as soon as she opened the door, she felt a cold breeze from the box. She then collapsed to the chair. Her eyes started pocketing and her mouth started dropping to one side. Ida was having a stroke. Kevin came running in, called the paramedics, and he found his mother sitting in a chair pointing towards the box. There was no expression on her face. There were tears streaming from her eyes, unable to talk and the dipic box was directly in front of her with its doors opened. Ida was then taken to the hospital by ambulance, and she ended up suffering from partial paralysis. The next day, Kevin went to visit her, and while Ida still hadn't gained full motor function to talk, she was able to point out letters on an alphabet board. When Kevin asked her how she was doing, Ida started crying again and pointed to the letters N-O-G-I-F-T, no gift, Kevin thought that, well, maybe she just didn't remember, so he assured her that he gave her a gift for her birthday, and then his mother spells out, (laughs) H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T, hate gift. A.K.A., I don't want your damn gift. Right. He laughed and promised to get her another one, and even then, he wasn't associating that the item had anything to do with what had happened to his mother. For the next two years, Kevin's family endured the wrath of the dipic box. He then, after after he gave it to his mother and she returned it, he then gave the cabinet to his sister. She kept it for a week and then gave it back, complaining that she couldn't get the doors to stay closed and that they would just keep opening up. Kevin found this odd because, well, there were no springs in the door mechanism and he had never had that issue when it was in the store. Then he gave it to his brother and sister-in-law, who kept it for three days before giving it back his brother said it smelled like jasmine flowers but his wife insisted that it was stinking the house up of cat of a cat urine odor ew right he then yet again gifted it to his girlfriend so now he's re-gifting this gift four times okay to his like girlfriend. drop it kevin right? is like, that his name yeah kevin like kevin it's it's not no one likes it right So he gives it to his girlfriend, who returned it two days later, asking him, why don't you just sell it? Just sell the damn thing. Just get rid of this box. So he sold it that same day to a nice young couple. Three days later, when he came to open up his shop, he found the cabinet sitting at the front door with a note. The note said, this has bad darkness. He had no idea what that meant or why no one wanted this beautiful piece of furniture So he just ended up taking it home. He's like, shit, no one wants it. I'll keep it for myself. Kevin. Since the day Kevin brought the cabinet into his home, everything turned for the worse. He started experiencing a strange, reoccurring nightmare. When describing his dream, he says, this is a quote from Kevin, every time I have the horrible dream, it goes something like this. I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of the person that I am with. It is then that I realize that there is something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I am with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. This hag proceeds then to beat the living shit out of me I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I had been hit by the old woman during the previous night, like in his dream. Still, I never related the nightmares to the cabinet, nor do I think that I ever would have. Until a month later, his sister, brother and sister-in-law come to his house and spend the night. The following morning, when they were all eating breakfast, Kevin's sister complained about a nightmare that she had had. Oh, no. She said that she remembers having it a couple of times before. And when she started describing it, Kevin, Kevin's brother, and Kevin's sister-in-law froze. They then chimed in to say that they all had the same exact nightmare. Down to the detail. Oh, no. Kevin said the hair on the back of his neck was standing up. They all started talking, and it became clear that the common denominator was the wine cabinet. He called his girlfriend and asked if she had remembered any nightmares that she was having recently. She said, or He said that she started to describe the exact same nightmare that involved the exact same woman. He then asked her if she remembers if it happened the night before she gave the wine cabinet back to him. And she says, yeah, hey, wait, how do you know that?
0: Right? So well, Well, girlfriend, uh, Kevin is rude and keeps giving this nightmare box to everybody. Right. Exactly.
1: Sorry. Where am I? Since the family talk, Kevin said that all hell broke loose. A week after, he started seeing shadow figures in his home. No. And any guests that came over also claimed to have seen these shadow figures. He removed the cabinet from his house and put it outside in a storage shed. In the middle of the night, Kevin was awakened by his smoke alarm going off. He went to see what was burning, but couldn't find anything. I would freak. But he did smell smoke. He went to the shed, opened the door, and got smacked with the smell of cat urine. Oh. After realizing that nothing was on fire and there was no smoke, he went back into his house, and when he opened the door to his house, it too reeked of cat urine. And Kevin doesn't own a cat, nor has he ever owned a cat. He ran back outside, grabbed the cabinet, brought it in, and hopped on his computer to do some research. He fell asleep while on the computer, and he had the same repeating nightmare. He jerked awake at 4.30 in the morning because it felt like someone was breathing down his neck. (gasps) As soon as he lifted his head, he saw a huge shadow figure moving down the hall away from him.
0: Oh, God. Right? Literally. God, please. Also, I
1: forgot to mention here. While the cabinet was in the store, um, an employee's brother accidentally had knocked it off the shelf, and shortly after, he died by suicide. Oh, no. Coincidence, maybe. I think But not. I think not. And a couple years after that, the employee, whose brother had just taken his own life, also took his own life
0: that oh, worked in the shop with him. my Gosh.
1: So everything that had happened at the store with Kevin's family, with his mother, it was all over the course of two years. In 2003, Kevin decided that it was time to get rid of the Dybbuk box. Hello, Kevin. Yeah, right. Thank like God it took that long. After you regifted it literally four times to Even every no, family everyone member. was dying. <laughs> literally, what the fuck? So he listed it for sale on eBay with a very large description describing what happened to his mom, his family, his coworkers, himself. And I'm not going to read the whole eBay posting because it's literally everything that I just told you. um, I'm going to read the end of it. Kevin says, I would destroy this thing in a second, except I really don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I'm afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it is that seems to have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me. I have been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you are one of these people, please, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Ended it by saying, help me.
0: Oh my God, Kevin. Right? I I have chills. I feel bad for him, but also I don't. I'm like, (laughs) Kevin, what was not clicking? What's not clicking, Kevin?
1: (laughs) Get rid of the Dybbuk box right now. (laughs) Cash at me right now. (laughs) Hurry up. Hurry up. The box was then sold to a man named Isaac Nitsky, who was a Missouri college student. He bought it off of Kevin for $140. And he kept a blog. Okay, so when this was posted on eBay, it blew up. I bet. I feel like I remember seeing something like this. Like, granted, I know it was in 2003, so, like, I... You were five? I was five, but, like... (laughs) like you know how things like re reappear back on facebook yeah, like and Shots and, and those, stuff yeah. like i feel like i've read his description before on
0: ebay yeah i've read it before just because of this i'm i've seen this case before on and that's why we drink yeah
1: um so anyway it was sold to this eyes of for 140 dollars, and because of its popularity he kept a blog and he detailed the events while in possession of the box oh great he wrote about strange things happening to him, car troubles, loss of hair, and experiencing strange smells. Isaac's roommate in college um, was a co-worker of a man named Jackson, or Jason Haxton. So he wanted the box. So Isaac sold it to Jason in 2004 for $280. He made some cash out of that. Yeah, man. 50% increase. Right. <laughs> Jason released a book describing his time with the Dybbuk box. He had studied American antiques and ancient artifacts for decades and was fascinated by the mysterious wine cabinet. But in his book, he wrote about what the Dybbuk box did to him. Oh no. Everything from bleeding eyes to random choking attacks to repeating nightmares about a creepy old woman just in the few months of owning the box. Oh
0: god. Right. And just to clarify, I know I said that I've I listened to this on and that's why we drink. That was literally in like 2018, hmm Whenever, or no, I'm sorry, 2019, whenever I first started listening to, and that's why we drink.
1: Right. Jason had the box for years and years and years, and eventually sold the Dybbuk box to one special ghost hunter, Mr. Zach Baggins.
0: Oh, classic.
1: Neither Jason or Zach released how much the box was sold for, but I can only imagine it is a lot of dollar I bills. I can guarantee
0: you it was a good chunk he of money. He literally
1: bought the freaking Poltergeist
0: house in Illinois or whatever Literally. for like millions of dollars. He's bought everything. What do you mean? It's crazy, dude. Crazy. I think the only thing he doesn't have is the Warren museum. Yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. He'll have it soon. Zach
1: Baggins took the box to his haunted museum in Las Vegas. And today it's still there. It is highlighted as one of the world's most haunted objects. Just recently during quarantine, Zach Baggins opened the box for the first time since it's been in his possession The Dybbuk box starred in an episode of Ghost Adventures Quarantine. Once opened, he said he heard the words, Kevin, evil, and then a child's voice
0: laughing. I've chilled on my body.
1: They also captured a figure on camera that they believe is the spirit that was manifested inside of the box. Oh my god. But the Dybbuk box wasn't really the star of the show. Because our bestie, or my bestie, Post Malone was right along za- uh, right alongside Zach Baggins when the box was opened.
0: He oh was my there. God. Posty
1: was there. and actually Posty touched the dibbick box right before it opened. and fans believe that this is one of the reasons why Post Malone had an influx of bad luck. Oh. To recap, shortly after this visit, his private jet was forced to make an emergency landing because of technical whatever malfunctions. I don't remember that His home in San Fernando Valley was broken into and he was involved in a car accident.
0: Oh, my God. All
1: after being near the box. Posty. Man. Posty. He is up what? What's the ranch called in Arizona?
0: I can't... Skinwalker Ranch. Like, he's
1: been there. He loves Zach Baggins. He uh, loves
0: him. Posty. Do you like creeps and crimes? Hey, Postman alone... Bestie. Bestie. Do you like Crimson Crimes podcast? I think we should all like bombard him with tags in our YouTube. What do you think? Yeah, could I, be think fun. So. I think so. Could be what. fun.
1: Everyone tag Post Malone. <laughs> um, while it makes for a great haunting story, the Dybbuk Box, in October of 2015, a man named Kenny Biddle called the haunted wine cabinet a hoax in an article in Skeptical Inquirer magazine. He said he interviewed Kevin, and he said that Kevin admitted that everything in the eBay listing was a work of fiction. He said Kevin told him his goal was to create an interactive horror story in real time. And I'm going to stick with the idea that it's real because it makes one hell of
0: a story. There's no way this is a creepypasta.
1: Right. Zach Baggins has it. That's what I... That's how I ended this right here. And if Zach Baggin says it's real, then, like, holy shit. Like, we gotta believe that, man. Like, he definitely doesn't do anything for money. Wait, I literally have... Saw the clip that you showed me. Right, that's what I'm so confused. So this guy, he made a documentary, and he... he His mother's in it. He and Jason were, like, co... Not producers, but, like, co-influencers in the movie The Possession. Like, they were alongside, like, telling them what they needed to do, right. how they needed to portray the dipic box, like... Yada yada yada, like they were involved in that. So I don't know if this Kenny is like just making this shit up for a magazine, or if maybe Kevin is just to the point where like it's fake. Like leave me alone, it's fake. I made it. Yeah,
0: up. it could be that. Or I mean, it's th- that's happened in plenty of the like cases that you've covered where people are like, mm-hmm. I'm so tired of having to defend myself and my family constantly being attacked. Like, right? It's fake. It's fake. Or, or maybe he did like dramatize some of the
1: dramatized
0: Dramatized. Dramatize. I uh, don't know. Sorry, Mari. Drink. <laughs> Let me drink. Um, some of it just to, like, give it a better story, but, like, his mom was on there.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, we literally... I literally showed Taylor a clip. I wanted to put it in here, but copyright reasons, we couldn't. If we, we tried, guys. We, we couldn't tried. get the audio in here, so you guys can go look that up on YouTube. It's The title's called Gifting the Dipic Box. Um paranormal witness slash real fear but his mother and him are in an interview and she's like it opened and i just felt a cold chill and then i collapsed into the chair and i had a stroke and my mouth was drooping and right. all i wanted was to save my son and to tell him to get rid of that box get rid of that box right like she like that's an older woman like what is she doing and if she's first making off, it like, up
0: if she's making it up like how fucked up right So I was trying to decide if I wanted to use one of my F's then. Yeah, fucked up. Yeah, it was bad. Like right. Like like, if you're
1: if you're literally making that up to get. But then again, why not? And she
0: does have the symptom. Like you, you can hear hear like a yeah, like like a drag.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Then again, people make shit up and have to go along with it because it blows up when you don't expect it to. Yeah. And now you're getting movie dealings and in. You know Yeah
0: Documentaries But then again Why recant it Years and years later Right Whenever these movies Have been in You could still make money Off of it Yeah Like just let us Have our fun Kevin
1: Yeah I don't I don't think that It's made up I don't But I mean If the dude's saying it is Then Who are we to say It's not <laughs> But like, Kevin, Zach, Zach Baggins, like They have all of these Types of like And he EDP does like Legit testing Yeah Yeah Like he'll know like, granted, like, he does
0: do a lot of shit for money. Right. Like, we're not, you know. We're not going to say that he doesn't. I mean, he also but is like a techno usually, star. like, he
1: usually knows, like, what he's talking about and what kind of objects he's talking to- Like, he's not going to call it the world's most haunted object and literally build a museum around it. Literally. Like, that's the main focal point of his museum in yes. Las Vegas. So, why would he make a main focal point something that's fake? Anyway. Yeah. That is all I have. That is the Dybbuk box. Um, I loved it. Yeah.
0: I haven't heard that in so long. I'm so glad you did it.
1: Yeah. I thought it was cool.
0: I loved you it. You recommended it. So, yeah. Well, she I, got her done. I was panicking today because neither of us were doing good on it our was, research.
1: It was four o'clock in the afternoon, and we're sitting there <laughs> looking up everybody we
0: know in our lives on this, like, this, like, re- this, like, sluice ep- website. It was insane.
1: Yeah. So we were like, i'm like how are your notes coming she just laughs i said oh i haven't started mine she goes me neither <laughs> i'm like i'll
0: send you a few suggestions because this is what i found so far
1: yeah anyway that is it it is time for our act and at happy end. halloween happy hauntings yes i loved it thank
0: you looking to start your spiritual journey or connect with a loved one that has passed
1: Psychic medium, Susan Edwards with angel wings and healing things has the ability to kickstart your spiritual awakening.
0: Susan has 30 years of experience and is a certified angelic medium with a passion for speaking to deceased loved ones while leading you on your spiritual journey.
1: Being a holy fire
0: Karuna Reiki
1: master and working with sound therapy, Susan has the ability to teach you all of the skills you need to protect, release, and grow your energy.
0: I personally have been seeing Susan's since December of 2019. Throughout our time working together, she has brought me peace with my loved ones, helped me connect to my guides, and cleansed myself and my home many of times.
1: Want to connect with your past life? Susan is a certified consulting hypnotist that has the ability to do just that.
0: Susan is located in Knoxville, Tennessee, and offers in person or over the phone readings.
1: Because of the amazing lessons, readings, and healings that we have gotten, Taylor and I have decided to partner with Susan to bring you the same level of peace that she has delivered to us.
0: To receive 10% off of your first reading with Susan, message Angel Wings and Healing Things on Facebook or text 704-562-3476 to set up your appointment telling her that we sent you.
1: You might need it after listening to us. That is 10% off your first reading. Message Angel Wings and Healing Things on Facebook or text 704-562-3476 and tell her we sent you. Ah! East Tennessee people, listen up. Do you have an engagement, graduation, or wedding coming up? Or do you just want to spice up your social media? Look no further
0: because we have the photographer for you. Best picks is a Knoxville-based photographer that is down to travel, hype you up, and show off your smile.
1: Lexi is the photographer that brought us our season two photos and new logo, so we know
0: she's amazing.
1: Feel good about the money you spend on a photographer by choosing Best
0: Picks. She is a voice for those who are not heard and works hard to give her clients the best sessions possible.
1: With her confidence boosting morale and kind heart, you won't just get a session,
0: but a friend for life. You can find Lexi on Instagram and Facebook at Best Picks or her website, bestpicks.com. To book your session today, email alexandra.best.king at gmail.com. You won't regret it. L-I-T-B, sister! Did you miss our lash ads? Well, guess what? We are back with even more. Afterlife Lash Extensions is a Knoxville-based lash studio that offers everything from classics to super volume.
1: Not in Knoxville? Or would you rather have falsies? Afterlife Lashes has it all with their own strip lashes for sale on Instagram at Afterlife Lashes.
0: All of their products are faux mink, silk material that is vegan, cruelty-free, and is sent to you in a reusable coffin packaging that is so cute and so on brand.
1: With three years experience and a three-time certified lash artist, Afterlife Lashes is here to give you the best experience
0: possible. Take a nap on their ultra soft lash beds with great music and even better vibes.
1: Use our code creeps and crimes to get 40% off
0: your entire order of falsies on Afterlifelashes.com. to book an extension appointment, DM afterlife extensions on Instagram and mention creeps and crimes podcast to receive 40% off any service offered. Happy lashing. Okay, everybody, we're back. And just to let you know, if you listen to our TFU section, we are going to be doing a TFU today. Yes. So, hell yeah, it's so. going to be about Halloween our Halloween party, our live that's coming up, and about a little boy named Evan. Evan. Sweet Evan. So today I am going to be covering a twofer. Yes. So let's, go. let's get creepy and grimy. And the title of my story today is The Hammersmith Ghost Murder. Ooh. My sources are the shortest source list that I'm ever going to give you and it is BuzzFeed Unsolved, Nightmareca Podcast, Wikipedia, Reddit, and blogs.gov. On the north of a bend in the River Thames sits the town of Hammersmith in London, England. Is it, it is about seven miles to the west of downtown London and Hammersmith sits on the original border of the city and the countryside from the 1900s. In the early 1800s, Hammersmith was growing pretty rapidly, meaning that there were many new developments and homes being built all over. In November of 1803, it was reported that many of the residents on Black Lion Lane were seeing a ghost wandering the town late at night, but specifically in the Hammersmith or St. Paul's churchyard. And just a quick note, so I'm like, the reason why I gave you the either or is because I'm on the like maps today trying to like figure out where all this is so I can give you a better description of it all. Yeah. And I'm on there and I'm like there's no grave sites even near Blacklight <laughs> Lane. And so I'm like mm, this is interesting. Build over top of them. Yeah. Why they're not? gone. So then I look at our original map. No they either build over them or uh, That's crazy. That's scary. We don't
1: do that around here. No. We don't disturb
0: the dead which we do but (laughs) but we don't so um anyways so the townspeople believe that the ghost was of a local man who had killed himself a year earlier by slitting his own throat oh my gosh yeah the ghost was said to be a very tall man dressed in a white cloak or a sheet so casper yeah, or a boo kind of, ghost. That's, yeah,
1: that's Casper the ghost. Yeah, that's who it is. That's spooky, scary skeleton TikTok material.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, according to the BuzzFeed Unsolved that I watched, one of the very first recorded slash mass sightings of this ghost was when an eight horse carriage carrying sixteen passengers crossed paths with the Hammer Smith ghost. Sorry, yeah, first mm-hmm. you, we're totally in the timeline. Like, right? <laughs> the carriage. So can't the, even. The horses it. came to a halt. And it frightened the driver so badly that he took off into the dead of night through the woods, running away, leaving his carriage, horses, and all 16 passengers behind. Every man and animal for themselves, I guess. Like, pause. You left your own horses. You left your... I mean, I'm I'm guessing that a carriage is expensive. Right. And he's probably the owner. They don't really have,
1: like, horse and and carriage company. And Hammersmith, you know, but, like...
0: And what are you going to do with all these passengers? They're never going to use your business again. You're never <laughs> Ubering home <laughs> a bunch of drunk people from the pub again. Yeah. ghost their
1: Uber? That's crazy. Yeah, that
0: was literally their Uber. That's hilarious. Or you just walked. So, the next encounter was when a pregnant woman was going on a walk after dinner one night. When she was walking, the ghost came directly towards her. Oh, no. She began running and screaming, but before anyone could hear her... The ghost wrapped it, its arms around the woman and pushed her to the ground. She was so scared that she fainted. Oh my gosh. It wasn't until later that night that she was found by neighbors who were out searching for her. They were able to help her to regain consciousness, and when she said and when she did, she said it felt like a full-grown man was laying all of his weight on top of her. Oh my gosh. Once she was taken home, she lay down to rest in the bed but she never woke up again. This wasn't the only time that this exact incident happened. A few nights later, an elderly woman was walking home when she spotted the ghost running towards her in the churchyard. She tried to run, but she was attacked, and she also died.
1: Oh my God, this dude's ruthless.
0: I know, right? The pregnant
1: lady, really? And
0: the old woman, like... First off, ghost. Mess with the horse and carriage. Sure. Fine. It's funny. But the woman, that's not funny.
1: That's not cool.
0: (laughs) So one night, a man named Thomas Groom was walking through the city's churchyard on his way home with a friend. Thomas had his hands in his pocket and a jacket tucked under his arms when all of a sudden he felt two hands grab his neck from behind. Before he knew it, the hands spun him around, but there was no one there. Still feeling the hands around his neck, he pushed his fist out in front of him, but when he pushed it forward, he felt as if there was a large piece of heavy fabric or a coat that was just hanging there with no solid being in it and no one in sight other than his friend who was already a few steps ahead of him at this point. Once his friend heard the commotion, he turned around to see Thomas punching the air in front of him in shock and then he was like dude we gotta run and the two just like blasted off I'm like bro from what? Like wh- <laughs> what are, what are we doing Thomas?
1: Who are we punching? And like
0: what Tommy? the hell is going on Tom? So you know the friend hears this they run home obviously after all of these encounters specifically two people literally dying and a horse and carriage getting abandoned the people of Hammersmith were terrified they wouldn't leave their houses after dark and would literally do anything in their power not to walk remotely near the churchyards in the area which there are none now so that's interesting um (laughs) this was terrifying but also enraging for the residents because they literally couldn't do anything after dark without being worried that they would never ever arrive home and you have to remember that the workdays at this time were literally 12-hour days. Oh, no. So, I could never
1: survive then.
0: No, I would just That's why my die. past
1: life was probably so short in the 1800s, <laughs> if there even was one. They'd said, You're the that ghost. girl is the 12-hour workday? I don't think so. We'll that's save her the until one. the 2000s where she can be a stay-at-home dog mom.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's all it took. <laughs> so... You know, these people were working these 12 hour days, they're leaving when it's probably still dark and they're not getting home until it's dark. Oh my God. So they're like, we can't do anything. Like we can't do anything. How do you do think anything. they got up for work? So, so th- that's a question I actually asked myself. There was these like watchmen that would call out the hours. They would be like 11 o'clock. <laughs> uh-uh. And then no, they'd be like, I've
1: been like, I didn't hear that. They'd be like, shut up shut up all right oh my gosh that's crazy
0: yeah but like how light of a sleeper do you have to be and then i guess you you have to remember they didn't have like all that all the noise that we have now like right. cars and dumpsters being thrown around at midnight like yeah you know that's true that's true so i guess they were pretty light sleepers but anyways so um i lost where i was but okay So people are like scared as shit to go home in the dark, to leave their houses in the dark. So people are like literally not showing up to work on time, leaving work early. It's annoying, all right? And then rumors started spreading that it wasn't a ghost at all, but actually a person walking around with a sheet on their head attacking people
1: oh my gosh
0: in an attempt to stop this attacker the men of Hammersmith set up armed patrols to watch the streets and since at the time uh, london didn't have an organized like police force like they basically had to do this for their town like there Mm -hmm. was it was like pitchforks and knives and That's so weird. They're like, we we got no one else looking out for us. Also, you
1: really can't decipher from a ghost or a man with a sheet. Yeah. Like, like, I can't handle
0: that. What is going on? But then, okay, you also have to remember that they didn't have, like, street lights. That's true. So it's, like, dark. It's, like pitch dark at night like you cannot (laughs) see your hand in front of your face like what are how are y'all even walking home at night
1: yeah that's true that's true I mean if it gets dark
0: for two seconds I have no idea where I'm going I have a GPS Mm -hmm. like you know anyways so You know, they're like, okay, we've got to take this upon ourselves. And it was like nearly impossible for them to actually protect the town because the town had grown so much. It had so many like roads going on in it. Well, not roads, but like dirt paths. And they're just like, we don't we can't all watch all these streets and woods and stuff. So they basically took turns like patrolling certain areas like, again, all on foot in the middle of the night. You can't see your hand in front of your face. Like, this is (laughs) With a pitchfork. With a pitchfork. And probably
1: a stick of fire. Yeah,
0: like, this is... It's just really interesting. So, on December 29th, 1803, watchman William Girdler, who was actually, like, not just doing this for patrol. Like, this was his job. He was the man that called out the hour on the hour every hour. Okay. And, like... I guess he was like Paul Revere's cousin. I guess that you know oh, stayed in. Wait, the, is that serious? No, I'm just oh, okay. I'm just joking because he he would be like, "Someone's coming into the town," and uh, you know, like British are coming. Yeah, literally, <laughs> he's like standing out there, like, I mean, what the are guy we-? with
1: the sheet is coming. The guy with the sheet is coming. <laughs> Holy shit! Literally,
0: so th- that was just like his job. So he would typically stand on Beaver Lane. Which was, like, kind. it's kind of in the center of Hammersmith. So, it was, like, where the pub was in the town, you know, whatever. It was, like, all between the Black Lion Lane and Beaver Lane. So, he would stand at the one, like, lit place in town with a street light and call out the hour on the hour. Yeah. So... He's, you know, on this night watch, and he sees the ghost on Beaver Lane, oh, and, and he begins chasing it and screaming for all of the other patrolmen to come help him <laughs> in his pursuit. And, but before any... Backup. <laughs> you up How know, loud do you have to scream? Like,
1: ah! Get your bitch forks. Let's roll, baby. The killer is
0: escaping! Help me! He literally... That's what, that's hilarious. <laughs> and he's running down this road. So as he's running, before anyone can get to him, the ghost throws off its white cloak and then disappears into the night. Oh. Ooh. There goes their theory. So, on January 3rd, 1804, 29-year-old Francis, he was an officer. I don't, I it basically said that he was like a customs officer. Okay. But I, uh-huh. you know, I, I don't know, like, what that means like he just stands on the edge of town he's like let me search your horse and carriage probably they did have that yeah yeah something like that so anyways that's what he was he he's at the pub his name's francis smith i don't know if i told you that already but he's at the pub pre-gaming his ghost patrol nice and he's got his shotgun in hand because he's like this pitchfork isn't saving anybody we gotta do something else So the longer he sat there, the more stories were being told about this ghost and the more he drank and he became more and more drunk and angered about this terror that was haunting his community. So he goes out to William Girdler, who's the night watchman, and he says, listen, once you call the 11th hour, we are going to take the ghost if possible. And then he shows William his shotgun. (laughs) And then William's like, hell yeah, brother. And he's like, all right, I'm counting down the minutes to 11. Go go back to the pub and get hammered. I'll see you out here in a second. Take
1: a couple more shots.
0: Yeah. Take a few more rounds and we'll go. So just hour, just after the 11th hour was called, the two men set out on their hunt to, to find this ghost down separate streets. When Francis Smith was walking down the patrol on Black Lion Lane, he spots the ghost crossing the street just yards in front of him. Oh, Francis screams while drawing his shotgun, and I'm going to do it in his, what I feel like his accent probably sound like, damn you, who are you, who, what are you, damn you, I'll shoot you, and then he fires oh my his gun at this ghost. Ah! <laughs> After hearing the screaming and the gunfire, William Girdler and the and other two other men on patrol, which was John Locke and George Stowe, came running at full speed, sirens on to this man. All right. And the is escaping! <laughs> literally,
1: so did he get him? Did he shoot him?
0: So he shoots him. But once they get there, they see Francis laying over a man wearing all white. And the man was no ghost, but a local bricklayer whose name was Thomas Millwood. At the time, bricklayers wore an all-white uniform, a white shirt, white pants, white apron, and a white flannel.
1: Oh, man, not even the right guy. And
0: all he was doing that night was checking on his mother and sister before returning home to his wife after a long day at work. Oh, no and his sister and mother witnessed their brother and son being shot in front of their family home just seconds after walking out of the door. The men immediately carried Thomas Millwood to the local pub, and there a surgeon named Dr. Flowers, who was at the pub, examined the body and pronounced Thomas dead.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, so we have a surgeon. Hospital Uh, pub. Hospital pub morgue.
0: Yes, like, hmm. So, um, his cause of death was determined to be a gunshot wound to the lower jaw that traveled to his vertebrae and injured his spine, killing him. A constable—that's some
1: accuracy for the shotguns they had back then,
0: right? Really, like, and this dude's drunk, and it's like super dark at night. Yeah, he's just like firing out there, so. This was not actually the first time that, oh, I'm sorry. While at the pub, Francis Smith was, a constable showed up at an, and we're like, thank God, where did you come from? Like, we're out here doing night patrol. <laughs>
1: we're out here fending for ourselves. Literally. You, you rot waltz in here. So
0: the constable comes and they arrest Francis Smith. And this was actually not the first time that Thomas had been mistaken for the ghost, so much so that his wife, sister, and mom begged him to wear a dark coat, like, just over his uniform, going to and from work. But basically, he was like, hell no, because, you know, men never get cold, and they cannot carry anything extra ever. Amen. And so, I mean, guys, I swear to God, I'll be like, Logan, it's negative two degrees outside, we're gonna need to wear... You know, a toboggan. We're going to need to wear pants. Like, We're going to have to not wear shorts and flip flops. Right. And he's like, I'm fine. And then he's like, I'm warm. What are you talking about? I'll
1: and, never forget, the. F- I know this is sidetracking, the football game when Logan wore uh, his overalls. And oh. we were all, y- you were working, yes. we were all in like sweats and...
0: Y'all were decked out. I, I and was freezing.
1: Sweatpants. And yeah, you had all of your like winter game apparel on. Yes. And he's up there, he's like,
0: Shivering. And we're like,
1: Logan, you, you wanna go home? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm a good, good. Hot dog. I'm good.
0: I'm gonna go drink a beer. <laughs> I'm not okay.
1: I literally had to beg Aaron this morning to let me shut the air conditioner off. <laughs> I'm like, it's sixty degrees outside, it's sixty degrees in here, we don't need the air conditioner running.
0: <laughs> men don't get cold. Moral of the story. Yeah. Men don't get cold until they're cold. Um, so one night when Thomas was walking home, he was actually spotted by a man and his wife and the two began screaming, it's the ghost, it's the ghost. And oh, Thomas again. goes up to this man and he says, I am no more of a ghost than you are. Before asking the man, would you like to be punched in the head? <laughs> what? What? I'm no more a ghost than you are, but do you want to get punched in Would the head? Would you like to get punched in the head? Like, I can't even say in a British Would you thing. like to get punched in the head? Punched in the head, mate. <laughs> and they're like, no. No, I'm good. No, sorry. Not you're a ghost. Not a bricklayer. Yeah, My bad. super good, so. <laughs> Anyways. So, on uh, January 13th, the trial began, and the prosecution began pushing that Francis Smith willfully murdered Thomas Millwood. Francis admitted to shooting Thomas, however, not intentionally, so he pled not guilty to the charge of murder. But it was obvious that Francis Smith felt remorse and was genuinely regretful of his actions. Literally, when he would be called to the stand, he could barely talk because he was crying so hard, begging people just like see that he was completely un it was like completely unintentional and that he was just trying to protect the town. I mean, I mean, I kind of feel bad for the dude. He's like, I'm just out here like doing the Lord's work right. and I accidentally kill somebody, sue me. Like, I'm like, no, no, Francis, like that's the whole... Point of this is like we weren't supposed to shoot them. We were just gonna <laughs> pitchfork him. Wait, we were gonna just literally stab him. With the <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't. Know. Anyways, um, literally, he would go up there, he would cry, whatever. Well, what do we know about the road to hell? It's paid with good intentions, and I, you have to know that, like, I'm sure William Girdle, the dude that was the night shift that was like on the eleventh hour we're going out, might, yeah, you know, I'm sure he's like shitting his pants at the, you know, at the fact that. Thomas is literally, or I'm sorry, Francis is literally on the stand right now. He's like that Will Ferrell movie that was like, "I thought you were kidding." I even <laughs> wrote it down in my journal. Thomas or Francis told a funny joke today. Like literally, when I was watching this and listening to this, I'm like cracking up at the own my own dialogue in my head about right. what this conversation had to be like looking like. But no, Francis, this was no joke. Sorry, William, but the judge. Lord chief Baron Macdonald was at oh. which so many names was adamant that this was a murder case and nothing else. And he would not see it any other way after all the testimonies were given and the jury came back with a verdict after only one hour of deliberation saying that Francis Smith was guilty of manslaughter. And the judge is like, That wasn't an option, so go back, because it's not manslaughter, saying that even if Millwood would have been posing as a ghost and terrorizing the town, blah, 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 whatever, and Francis Smith shot him, Francis would still be on trial for murder, the same if a police officer was in his shoes. They are only entitled to apprehend these ghosts, like basically saying it's not your duty to take someone's life, right? even if it was a ghost. But the jury insisted that they should consider that Smith literally thought he was firing his gun as, at an apparition, not a human being. So, but then at the same time I'm like, but y'all all were mad thinking that it was an actual person.
1: But like also like what was the point? What did you think the gun was going to do for an a ghost? They
0: only have pitchforks, guns, and fire at this point. And like But
1: like you really thought like I get that like you're shooting it at an apparition, apparition, but like was it, it's just when was go, that
0: learned in history, It was though? just going to go through the ghosts. Well, they, they probably didn't know. I guess. You know, you have to think, like, we know that now, but, like, how do we know that, movies? Yeah. You know? So, anyways, um, they're sent back to go through all this stuff, and the judge is like, basically, there's no loopholes in the law for if you were searching for a ghost to kill, so go back and get another verdict. So they come back out and they declare that Francis Smith was guilty of the murder of Thomas Millwood. So, he was sentenced to death and dissection 2 days later. I'm sorry. Like, dissection? What? Uh, n- no. Dexter like,
1: that shit, huh? Right? Like y'all
0: are all torn up about him accidentally shooting someone that he thought was a ghost and you're going to dissect him? Damn, that's twisted. Like what the hell? So, in the time being, Judge McDonald took this case to the Crown, and he was like, hey, look, I know I already said that he was going to be hung and dissected, but, like, can I get some oh, clarity? I know
1: what dissected is. It's when they would tie your limbs to a horse, and they would make the horses run opposite directions. Mm,
0: that is awful. That's terrible. That's worse. that because I'm, like, big into, like, medieval stuff. Yeah. She's, she like to know, watch shows like that. All the things medieval. So... Anyways, he like goes to the crown and he's like, I don't know exactly how to go about this and I don't necessarily want to dissect and hang this man if there's a loophole about ghosts, but like, what is it? Yeah. And on January 25th, King George III had pardoned Francis Smith, taking his sentence from hanging and dissection down to a year of manual hard labor, which... I don't even want to know what manual hard labor looked like back then.
1: Yeah, me neither. I
0: know it wasn't fun. I know it was not fun. Probably scooping up the body pieces from others getting dissected. Right. But even still, the story is not over because even though they found this ghost, the ghost sightings still were happening. Oh, shit. And more attacks are going on. So here are a few theories as to who or what the ghost was. My main source for these this theory section is the BuzzFeed Unsolved and the case of I'm sorry the case of a ghost that haunted England for over 200 years by Kayla Kelly Buchanan. And I really have to like seriously say like I literally read what they said and wrote it down because it was the only place I could find it. So okay. just so everybody knows. So theory number one, the ghost was actually a local shoemaker with the last name Graham that was trying to scare some of his employees. Shortly after Smith's pardon in late January 1804, Graham was arrested and charged with being a nuisance because he was caught going out at night dressed in a blanket scaring people. So basically he was a ghost. Graham says that the only reason he did this was because some of his employees told his kids the scary ghost stories and they wouldn't go to sleep at night because they were so scared. So he went to go scare them out of ever scaring his kids again. Okay.
1: Well, was the pregnant lady on
0: your list to scare? Yeah. Like where, who, who were you trying to scare? Meaning that he would have been there knowing that, oh, I don't, I don't even know where that is. So now let's say, there we go. Now let's say he was the ghost this entire time. Well, he was in the choir at church and literally sang at Millwood's funeral. So this is where I was going with that first sentence I said. Meaning he literally would have been knowing that he was the reason that Noah died. You know, whatever. So, after Graham's arrest, there were no longer any reported ghost uh, sightings. But... According to Graham, he only dressed up as a ghost twice on December 29th and that late day in January when he was arrested, which leads us to theory number two. Multiple people had been dressing us up as the ghost and taking turns scaring people, kind of like the clown sightings yeah. in 1617. Yeah. Yeah. Is that one of the years it was? Yeah, it was our freshman God, year. they were so scary. Oh my gosh, I know. But in 1824, the Hammersmith ghost returned, but now with hooks for hands and would breathe fire. What? <laughs> what? It was no so longer I... laying on pregnant women. It was breathing fire and okay, had hooks for hands. Okay, so now we hands. have a dragon. Yeah, now we have a dragon. But a few months into these scary sightings, the ghost was caught and it turned out to be a local farmer's son and he was sent to the House of Corrections. So, you know, then the Hammersmith ghost took an entire 100 years off and then came back in 1932. But this one was more terrifying because it had claws and it could climb trees and walls and wore a white sheet. What? What? terrifying that's one's worse and that leads me to theory number three that it was a real ghost all along and it continues to haunt the city of hammersmith to this day the legend goes that every 50 years on a full moon in hammersmith churchyard um, a white ghost visits at midnight and floats through the grave the graves and tombstones. Even still, it is said that the ghost of Thomas Millwood haunts the Black Lion pub in Hammersmith where he was pronounced dead. As he should. As he should. But that is the case of okay. the Hammersmith. Well, let's ghost talk murders. about theory
1: number three. I think it's a mix. I think it probably was like a ghost, but like I feel like people probably took it like and went crazy with it. Like, I'll be the ghost tonight, you be it. Like right. like teenage young adult kids right. want to have fun around the town. And right. Like, yeah. I mean, that's and funny.
0: like, what really fun was going on? Right. You can't see in front of your hand, you have horses, and that's it. Right. But that's, that's a funny fact.
1: story. It was funny. I love doing stuff so old because, like, it's appropriate to, like, <laughs> to talk about how funny it is. Yeah,
0: talk <laughs> about how funny it is, but. And like, I'm just cracking up because when I w- the buds feed Unsolved was hilarious. I was like crying, laughing, listening to it. And I literally had to like pull back on like making any comments that were similar to what they were saying uh-huh. because it was just so, it was like, just like amazing. You guys have to go watch it. It was amazing. Yeah, but it. it was hilarious. They did a way better job at me because I'm sure they didn't have an entire stein of alcohol before, but I thought you were drink checking me. I am drink checking you finish your drink. But it wouldn't be a holiday episode if we weren't turned. So, TFUs. It's done. If you guys don't want to stay for TFUs, that's totally fine with us. So, we will see you next week. And maybe a little surprise between here and Oh, winky face. See you then. Bye,
1: Bye. If you're driving, slow the fuck down.
0: If you're drinking, don't fucking drive. And
1: remember, this is Totally, totally Fucked, fucked up. up.
0: I love that intro still. I know. It's, it's so, so good. I feel
1: like it should be like our regular intro sometimes. They'd be like, no,
0: don't get rid of the cruise control, fill that shit up, or uh, whatever. Just, I love our, our OG. Oh, one. back of hoodie. Totally effed up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 dong. And on a shot glass tfu totally fucked up oh who oh. is gonna buy this shit because i will because
1: <laughs> <laughs> <myself>. i will <laughs> i would yeah anyway you guys what's up welcome to tfu's we have officially i took a little longer finished our chugs of
0: vodka it was oh god maybe there's a little lift in my home Finish it Actually it was just melted ice Drink shot. Not good not good not good um, So Morgan Okay so on Saturday which is the day before Actual Halloween because you can't really get Turned on a Sunday well you can But it's just well, never fun on so Monday will. Yeah we probably will Um. Anyways we're having a Halloween Party and I'm So excited for it Because if you know me you know I love Karaoke even though I cannot sing Oh my
1: gosh Worth a chat.
0: So Wait it's till you hear My song. It's a pizza. It's a pizza party, and everybody um like brings their favorite large pizza from wherever they like their pizzas from, with whatever they want on it to share with everybody. And you dress up, and however you dress up, you have to perform a karaoke song with whoever you dress this up. This has Taylor and... Written- all over it. And I have another secret that I'm not going to tell anybody oh, until God. the day of. Well, should we tell them what we're being since... Yeah, we can tell them what they're being, what we're being.
1: Okay, well, um, I'm not really good at costumes. So I'm Patrick, like sexy Patrick from Goofy Goober. <laughs> um, Aaron's SpongeBob and Ollie is a pineapple. We are going to make him Mr. Krabs, but... The pineapple was cuter, and he's going to his own Halloween party, and they wouldn't get Mr. Krabs. No, they wouldn't. So now he's gonna go. He's gonna go to the dog Halloween party, and they're gonna be like, "That dog's a swinger." Yeah,
0: pineapple. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Ollie's gonna get fucked. Oh no. Ollie's <laughs> gonna get fucked. Oh no. Anyway, tell me what you're being. Uh, me and Logan are going to be Priscilla and Elvis Presley. Oh. And I'm so excited. You have to tell us what song you're performing.
1: Uh, well, we don't know yet. Aaron wants to do crusty cray yeah, yeah, because it's a pizza party. Yes. Pizza. I want to do a Goofy Goober. I want you to do a Goofy Goober. Yeah. But then I was also thinking maybe we'll just do like a combo of both so Aaron yeah. can sing his song.
0: Yeah. Because for the fact that... I can that, remix it for you. The
1: fact that Aaron wants to sing a song...
0: That's a huge deal.
1: That's like... Aka
0: Aaron knows that I will scream and bitch all night if he doesn't.
1: Yeah, well, he said to me already. He goes, "So this is like couple performing, which means like one person sings, right?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> you sing with your group." And I said, oh, "We're singing Goofy Goober." So I was sitting on the floor last night. <laughs> They're playing the PC Call of Duty, and I'm sitting on the floor. And I'm doing ab crunches because I have. Really bad back issues right now. And one of the main things that I need to work on is core strain. Right. That's going to help my posture. So I'm sitting there, I'm doing crunches on his floor, and I'm singing, I'm a goofy goober, rock. You're a goofy goober, rock. <laughs> and he's That's like, hilarious. What are you doing? And he gets so pissed off when I'm in his room. We cannot be He's like, the boys We room. have an entire freaking apartment, right. and you have to pick right next to me while I'm
0: trying to talk to my friends, no, yeah. jamming out to Goofy Goober and doing crunches <laughs> on <amazing>. the floor. <laughs> no, anyway, me and Logan doing. came home from Cleveland because we we were, we were literally left Knoxville on Friday and we didn't get back until Monday evening. And we get home, and, I mean, on our ride home, I'm like, we originally were going to be sunny and sheer. And I was like, I, first off, I can't be that skinny that in a week. Like I <laughs> and I, I tried. Can't, I can't do it. I cannot do that. So I was like, let's be someone that's a little bit more spunky and more fun. And my like entire life dream is to look like Priscilla Presley. And I was like, I know exactly who we could be. It's already been in my head the entire time. We could be <laughs> Elvis and Priscilla. This
1: just came to the top of my head. Yeah, but
0: we're gonna do um Burn in Love. And I have like everything.
1: Are you doing your crunches? Choreographed?
0: For it? No. Oh, choreographed. Oh, I haven't choreographed. Has it's... he
1: been learning it?
0: Uh, yeah. We started learning it in the car last night, and learning all the lyrics and moving our hands and the way that everything's happening.
1: Well, I was thinking because you know how on the Goofy Goober, um, the chum buckets—they're trying to break off the chum buckets. Yes. Everyone's wearing chum buckets. I was gonna go get buckets <laughs> for you guys to
0: wear. I write CB on it for you chum buckets. <laughs> <laughs> or at least like paper bags. yeah okay i'll have to and cut off you. the eyes and stuff yeah <laughs> oh my god and then at the end everybody has to vote for their favorite performance and um which we have two people that are going to come and they're not going to perform but they're going to like take all the votes are we
1: putting this on live <laughs> no, no we're gonna make
0: a tiktok i'm though. recording everybody on our camera and okay I'll, I'll post it on our patreon but anyways I am so excited. It's gonna I be have fun. I've never been so excited. And for I party. was
1: looking for a Krusty Crab pizza boxes too for Aaron's song. Because <laughs> he awesome. could, we could bring in our pizza, like yes. move it from that box to the Yes. But it's literally just a white box and it just says pizza on it across. So I don't you know. You
0: can write Krusty crab on it. Right. Whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's happening, and I'm so excited. We're gonna go live at the party, not during the performances, but we will go live in it because we always do just to pop in and say hi. And I, I like don't know if our friends love it or they hate it, but either way, but people they get have to on do
1: it. and they interact. We have the most interaction today. Yeah,
0: exactly. So that's it with that. And then I don't know if anybody else saw the viral kid named Evan dressed up as Tony Stark. I
1: will fuck up the kids i oh, fucking him. hate kids like so this little boy named evan it's all over facebook literally all you have to search is evan tony stark iron man whatever he
0: dressed up as tony stark for his halloween party at school not like iron man tony stark like tony stark like in like the suit stark enterprises he looked tony just stark. like robert what's it whatever downey yeah junior right <laughs> robert downey junior yeah,
1: right that's he's his a name. junior yeah, yeah. yeah. um so anyway, he gets to school, and on the, he really wanted his mom to drive him in her Mercedes because he said, well, Tony Stark wouldn't ride a bus to school. You heard that here, a- Mom. Amen, brother. Right. So he gets it's on the a bus, full performance. And she said within, what, 30 minutes of the school day, she got mm. a phone call. She said that he, was, um, he had already taken his makeup off that made him look like Tony Stark. Kids
0: were making fun of him, so she had to go pick him up. I'm going to put his little picture up here. Oh, my gosh. He's so cute because he's so pitiful. Like it's so I'm going to kill. So she picked
1: him up. She got him Starbucks. She picked him up in the Mercedes. I'll add. She told him like, fuck those kids. And he went back to school and he put his makeup back on and he fucking rocked that shit. Rocked that bitch. And I love him. I love him. I, I love it. And I hate kids. Yeah. And Ta- if you <laughs>
0: go, go,
1: Taylor finds this post while we're recording, and she goes, oh my God, have you seen this? And I was like, yeah, she goes, oh, I'm blowing this shit up. She starts loving everything. She starts, she clicks to share and she starts typing. I fucking hate kids. <laughs> this is why I'll never have kids. I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't post that. Maybe on don't do that
0: on Facebook. And I'm like, on the podcast, uh, Eddie,
1: in a TFU on the podcast, anything, anything is fair game. People. Anything
0: goes. Y'all've heard it before. We've ripped bitches down before in this thing. Yeah, <laughs> we TFUs do be going crazy. You they know. do be going crazy. But um, yeah, I hate kids and Evan. Any any I, I, guess it's not fun to go on Ellen anymore. But I wish it was still because I know his has to be on Ellen. Yeah, like he's so cute oh before Ellen turned into a blood sucking maniac. Apparently, until Ellen started
1: would drink evan's blood and would
0: drink uh we're gonna get sued for okay ellen ellen ellen
1: we're talking about ellen and it's spelled
0: l-e-n yeah you guys don't even ellen. know that ellen but it's fine. Like, Ellen, it's cool. Ellen, it's really not cool that you um, drink children's water. That's we're trying not to get sued for defamation. I'm so
1: Ellen, L-E-N.
0: Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> You're
1: going to take that out tomorrow. I
0: know. I'm going to listen to her. I'm like, we cannot say that. My
1: toe is throbbing, and it's time for me to get off air. I really hope you have some hydrogen peroxide I can clean out my foot with. I
0: don't have any hydrogen production. Great. I have oils.
1: That's not going to cut it for me.
0: I have, like, Oregano.
1: You want me to put oregano on oregano a oil. open bleeding toe?
0: Yeah. It's really good for that.
1: I need to clean out.
0: Never mind. I just use like hand soap. Okay. All right, guys. I have vodka.
1: Vodka would work.
0: Yeah, it would work. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>